Welcome to Mortgage Broker Acceleration with James Vagley and Ash Playstead. Being a successful mortgage broker is not just about offering great rates and great service. You need to become the best marketer, leader and strategist to outthink your competition. If you want to grow your mortgage business and do it smarter, keep listening. If you want to accelerate even faster, visit www.brokerworkshop.com. That's brokerworkshop.com. Now, let's accelerate. Here's James and Ash. Hey, everybody. It's James Vagley here, and uh, welcome aboard to another episode of the MBA podcast. And uh, this is episode 90. And uh, Ash, before we get into it, looking forward to this one. How are you doing? Doing well, James. We're, we're into the nervous 90s. Can you believe it? It's the, nearly the middle of it. It's pretty much the middle of 2022 and we're into the nervous 90s of episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. How are you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm great. And you're right. We are getting close to the, uh, the ton. Episode 100. Listeners can't wait. That's coming up soon. But today, episode 90 is about a very, very common situation for mortgage brokers where they're too busy but at the same time, they can't say no, right? Um, already really busy, working your butts off, but this mindset of, I can't say no, I'll lose business. If I say no, I'll lose that client. I'll lose that referral partner. I'll lose. So it's we want to attack this, Ash, because um, it leads to some serious problems that we've mentioned in many other episodes about going over capacity, burning out, suffering, uh, the quality of your delivery, suffering. And um, we want to try and at least bring this to the attention of a lot of brokers and give a couple of quick tips about how to fix it. So let's maybe start with this mindset of, I can't say no, despite the fact that you're already running around too busy, but this feeling like I can't say no, because I can't, you know, don't want to let down that partner or that client, or I don't want to give up that potential commission. Well, spot on. Let's unpack that a little bit. Let's unpack where that comes from a little bit. You know, it's it's, it's one of the great paradoxes, I think. Um, maybe start there. And the paradox is that on the one hand, what the industry is renowned for, one of our, you know, calls to action to the public since day one has been when everybody else is retreating away from service, i.e. banks, closing branches, you've got to make appointments, they're hard to get responses from all of that stuff, mortgage broking stepped in and provided the opposite, which is always available, always answer, always respond, we'll come to you, you don't have to come to us. All of those wonderful things that mortgage brokers, the whole industry's built on the back of that service proposition and still is. However, the paradox of that great thing that we're so good at and that people value is that it can actually be the thing that can overwhelm and crush you as a business owner. So it's one of those paradoxes in life that what you're really good at can also lead to your demise. And Mm. so to unpack it a little bit further, okay, well, how does that show up in the life of our listeners, right? Yes, we want to be available for our customers. Yes, uh, we want to be responsive. Yes, we, we need to be able to show that in the way we manage our relationships across our business. But it tends to then show up with when people that you might not necessarily give or want to do business with show up, or it might be with um, key partners, or it might be with um, staff in your business. There's lots of different ways that the requests on your time 
and your attention and your focus will show up in your business. And if you haven't really acclimatized to this mindset shift of both of these things can exist together, it's not one in the absence of the other. So what I'm saying there, listeners, is you can be really attentive. You can be available always for your customers. You can do all of those things, but at the same time, say no to things. Mm. So this is what I'm trying to get across here. It's like the two can coexist. They're not one in the absence of the other. It's not It's not binary, right? It's not like you either say yes to everything or no to everything. It's about understanding how to blend that together into your business and, and into your life. Like it's a really, yeah, there's system issues here, but it's really a mindset of working out well, what do I, what's important to my business to say yes to? What's important in my business to say no to? And what is in my business that is leave it with me, let me think about it, which is a sort of a, a maybe because you're not certain. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? It does. And I was just thinking uh, while you were talking that the funny thing is the, the weird uh, mindset, strange thing that I just thought was that the default is, I can't say no, I don't want to say no, I might lose that business or that client or that partner or that commission, but not actually thinking about the fact that they can't service that many people effectively. And when you can't service people effectively and keep up, well, you know, you piss people off. <laughs> yeah, you, well, it does more damage than, than, yeah. than saying no. You're going to drop the ball. You, you, your timeframes are going to blow out. You're not, to get, you're not getting to files uh, in time. So we know each and every one of our listeners wants to be amazing and provide the best level of service for their clients. Um, so it's kind of like, would you rather have a hundred people that you're giving an average service to or 50 that you're giving a wow level of service to? Um, yeah. Yeah. And and I think, you know, maybe some of the older hands in the industry have, have been through this um, evolution and what I might want to call the, the pain barrier, barrier of figuring this out. And it's one of the things we work on really diligently with our, with our clients, right, James, um, is, is to unravel and rectify the what I would call the results of saying yes to everything, which are overcapacity with your team, lots of relationships but low productivity, working long hours, uh, people needing to check everything with you before they can move ahead. You know, this this dependence that comes from saying yes, people across the spectrum of your relationships and your stakeholders, I think they come to rely on you saying yes, right? So that's another way that this shows up and it shows up a lot with the, the broker businesses that we work with. Even senior experienced brokers um, find themselves trapped by, by this dependence on all roads leading to them saying yes and uh, it takes a bit of uh, turning around mm. shall we say it definitely does this is this is not something that's that easy to unpack in just you know 15 to 20 minutes it's a big one but one thing that actually occurred to me ash because you mentioned it as well you know you talked about old hats in the industry those that have been around for as long as you and i um a long time and one thing that just occurred to me is that you know, when I started in this industry 20 years ago, close to 20 years ago, um, I, I'm, I can't remember, but I think the market share for brokers was probably in the 30s, 30%. And 
when you started, it was, well, probably close to zero, right? Because you were, mm. you've been in it almost from day one. So the thought that just occurred to me was that the numbers recently are pointing towards mid to high 60s. So two thirds of every loans these days are introduced by brokers. But what's happened in the last 10 or 15 years since I was an active broker are the industry is professionalized. We've got more compliance. We've got more uh, systematic about the way we work with people. And I would probably argue that more brokers are more professional. There's probably less uh, drop everything and go to somebody's house at nine o'clock at night. So for me, um, the industry has got to this period or level of success, not based on that old drop everything, go pat the dog in the middle of the night thing from the 90s and early 2000s. Would you agree? Oh, oh definitely. Definitely. Uh, um, you know, and I, I, if the, I think I, I, I see where you're heading here, James, and I'm, I'm on board completely is the industry is doing an amazing job. I mean, I've been saying this for a few years. I expect our mortgage broking industry to get to 80%, maybe even beyond that. In fact, I, I, I'm on record as saying it should be 100%. Why would you ever go direct to a lender? But that's a different discussion. Our industry does an amazing job. And the value proposition, by and large, the public love it. But it's moved beyond I love it because you come to my place at 9 o'clock when it's convenient for me which is still of value, don't get me wrong, but it's not top of the list like it used to be. Mm. Top of the list now is a professional, organised, trusted advisor that has a more comprehensive role in the life of the client than just a get me a loan and make it convenient. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And what do those expert trusted advisors do when they're busy. I mean, we've all had this, the doctor, the financial planner, the accountant. Well, you ring them up. You don't just go see them that day. You make an appointment for the following week. Doesn't mean you run off to the competition. Um, sometimes you might, but essentially um, people are getting used to, I think, Ash, the fact that brokers are real professionals now and it doesn't just happen overnight. I would be encouraging every listener, if you're not already on this path, find a way to get on it. And the path I'm referring to is, you know, build, it, build up your business in a sort of a GP type practice, you know, a, a doctor's practice where you want to get to the doctor, yes, and he or she is the person who's going to diagnose and strategize and lay out the solution. That doesn't change. But everything around it, is structured and systemized and other people involved in that process. It's no longer when you pick up the phone to a broker, you immediately get them, they make the appointment, they organize the documents, they set up the diary, then they have the strategy session, then they collect everything, then they sit on the phone to the bank. They do all of these things that I'm sure a lot of our listeners are still doing. People don't expect that anymore. In fact, I would argue that most people that get a loan from a broker really have no idea how that happens. All they know is I came across you, you were awesome, I trust you, you got you listened to me, you understood me, and it's been a great experience. Oh exactly. They don't care. That's they just want the outcome. <laughs> they don't care how it happens. Service my car. I don't want to have a look under the hood, but I trust you. <laughs> correct, correct. So yeah, yeah that, that feeds into what you said about moving on that path of being seen as 
My role in the business is this bit, not to say yes to, oh, can, can you collect the documents or can you organise this or can you organise that? Those are the downstream tasks that can be outsourced, mm-hmm. given to others. This is all part of changing your mindset in the business to not saying yes to everything but rather saying here's how my business works at a procedural level. This happens, this happens, and this happens. So there's, it's building this process that is easily explainable to a client up front so that the need for you to say yes to anything is basically removed. Mm, yeah. um, let's, you know. um, let's, let's stay for a moment on mindset before we get into what you need to do about this, listeners, because, Ash, I wanted to touch on the reverse psychology of this because it's a little bit mindset-y. Um, mm-hmm. Already too busy, but I can't say no because saying no means I'm going to lose partners, clients, and deals. That's the default. Completely incorrect. The reverse is true. The more you say no, the more people will want you. So the more, this, this is what goes against, you know, what probably 99% of brokers are thinking. You know, that old school thinking of I've got to be available at the drop of a hat 24-7 Uh, That will get you to a level of sort of success, friends, family, a few deals. True professional success is the opposite is true, right? The more in demand, the more people you say no to, the more in demand you'll be. It's, and it's, yeah, it's a bit of a mindset thing for most people to get their head around. Well, it's a mindset shift that I needed to know when I was about 19, James, when uh, I was on the dating scene, but we'll leave that story to another Another discussion, you know, when, when you advance, they retreat, and when you retreat, they advance. And, and this applies if it comes from a good place and it's intentional, right? It's not about avoiding contact or being um, or ghosting people. It, it is about creating desire and it's creating urgency and it's cre- not false but real desire. People always want at a biologically psychological and emotional level people always want what they can't have mm-hmm. exactly which is access to the key decision maker um in the broking sense now it doesn't mean they never get access to you it just means that there is some protocol there is some exclusivity there is some need to follow some rules now my experience as i'm sure yours is too james is when properly done it adds to your business credibility it adds to your relationship credibility it adds to the desire that for people to want to deal with you mm. but it takes a mindset shift to actually take on board into the way you set up your systems and your business so that people can get you and it's the simple things right we talk about this a lot it's the simple things for listeners right at the start it is yeah. instead of answering your phone every time it rings have a different phone number. Have a structure that the only people who have your number are family and friends. Mm, basics. Because nobody has your number. They ring the office and the office goes, hello, yes, 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 you want to speak to Mr. Playstead? Well, he's not available today. He's full of appointments, but he can see you Wednesday at 4 p.m. Does that suit you? Okay, let's book it in. Mm. Now, that's what we're talking about as opposed to you answering the phone and going, hey, oh, yeah, um, um, yeah let me just check. Yeah, right. come out this evening. And here's what yeah. I love about this, and it's it's a little bit like the uh, 
the in-demand surgeon. And we use this example lots in our episodes in that let's imagine a, I don't know, a knee surgeon, the knee specialist, right? The knee surgeon, three months waiting list. Got a niggle with your knee, pain in the knee, get a referral. You ring up that knee surgeon. He can see you in three months or she can see you in three months. Now, um, that surgeon has a particular capacity, right? And they're sticking to it and they're delivering a great result. You might either go, well, I'm going to wait for three months because I want the best. Or you might go look around and see if you can get into someone else sooner. Now, to that knee surgeon, you might have run off to his competition or her competition. But here's the thing, everybody. They're already at their capacity. They're already making the income they want to make. They're already running the business they want to build and run, right? So for me, that's the key, Ash, is actually figure out what you can do as a capacity and stick to it. I think we've talked about this in other episodes. The only way to increase capacity is via team and systems, not by working harder. So if you can help 10 people a week and the 11th person rings up and says, I need your help immediately, well, you know, no, sorry. I can either see you next week, but if it's super urgent, I know a few other amazing brokers that I can refer you to. Would that be okay? And the mindset for that broker is, yep, you've lost that deal. Maybe that partner you know, won't refer to you as often or you won't get that referral, but you didn't need them anyway because you were already at capacity. And when you do build capacity, you should be delivering such amazing work for the people you do work with that you'll be able to grow your business anyway. So it's a complete mindset flip on so many levels. And I think brokers are just not, they don't have the insights and awareness to actually do this. And it's well, basically keeping them in that success trap and burning out. Well, let's just back the truck up a little bit here, James. Back the truck right up here a little bit. You said something, and I've I got a couple of things to say on this. As you know, um, you know, everything starts with a mindset shift. And I, I don't, that's not a mysterious philosophical statement. That is a factual reality, is whatever it is in your business or your life that you want to change, you must start with the shift in your thinking and the shift in your mindset first. So we'll leave that there. But back to something you said, really important takeaway. You don't grow your business by working harder. You grow your business by adding to team and systems. Now, listeners, if you do not write anything else down other than that, that is gold. This is a really important mindset shift to move away and I, was, I suffered from this for years, thinking that working hard was how I identified my worth, right? Like the harder I work, the more I feel good about myself, myself, the more I can say to people when they ask me, how's it going? Oh, I'm super busy. Just, I would ask all of you to question yourself, how you answer the question of how's business? How many times do you say really busy, I'm working 24 hours a day? And ask yourself why you say that, mm. right? And that's where the mindset shift can say. I would, I would love every listener to be at some point in the future be able to say when they're asked that question, yeah, business is booming and I'm only working 30 hours a week. <laughs> what do you reckon about that? That oh, sounds pretty good. A lot of our clients are doing that, Ashes, which is great. Well, of course they are. But I, I just want to take it back to the statement you made. Mm. 
You don't grow a business, particularly a mortgage business, which is time intensive, right? What it's an average between 15 to 20 hours per file. It's time intensive. You don't grow the business by you taking on more of those hours. You grow the business by you taking on less of those hours and adding to systems and team that can be expanded and duplicated to allow you to do what you're really good at, which mm. is talking to people, winning business, directing the ship. Yep. And a lot of brokers are super ambitious. Ash, we get it. Like, listeners, we get it. If you're super ambitious and you want to get ahead, it's as go as hard as you can, as fast as you can, and, you know, build as fast. But if you're just prepared to accelerate at a reasonable pace, you're going to actually get further and faster. And I think that's the problem, isn't it, Ash? A lot of people mm. are super ambitious and they just want to do more and faster and better. We don't want to wait to build the team and systems to write the volume we want to write. We want to just go all guns blazing. And, you know, that just doesn't work, right? I would rather our listeners and brokers out there go from 10 million to 20 million to 50 million to $100 million a year in loans over a period of a couple of years as they build the mm-hmm. demand, the team and the system so that you can build a business You'll still get to that amazing outcome. Might just take you a couple of years longer, but you won't give up your life and your health to to get there. Um, it's a really important message, and uh, I think it's really one of the fundamental uh, cornerstones, in my opinion. Everybody, you know, to you know, to to t- take on this mindset, and you know, let's be clear, right, James? We're not saying working hard is bad. Working hard is good when it's appropriate, right? It is appropriate at times to work hard. And if you enjoy working hard, good for you. All we're saying is long-term, except for one in a thousand of you, it's unsustainable because it's based on a false premise. And the false premise is I can keep working harder and harder and harder and harder in perpetuity until one day I decide I've had enough and sell something. Yep. That false premise that is still out there, especially for one-man band brokers who are planning on, oh, I'm just going to write a lot of loans, work my ass off, and then sell my trail book, okay, I really encourage you to think about that premise and shift to building a system and a team that allows you to get there. Oh, totally. Yeah, we've gone a bit deep, deep in this episode, and I think rightly so, given the topic. Uh Let's sort of wrap it up, Ash, quickly with a bit of a bit of direction in terms of, well, if you recognize that you're in a position where you're too busy and you just you just know that you're saying yes to everybody and everything and just dropping of a hat and you're in that position, what do we want to do, right? And it comes back to stuff we talk about a lot in these episodes. It comes back to the reason this is happening is because you don't understand capacity you don't actually have a strategy or a goal. There's no direction. There's no plan. You're just doing. And the action of doing, doing, doing without real direction, well, the symptom at the end of the day, the, uh, you know, the niggle in the neck is going to be uh, burnout and going over capacity and just saying yes. So what do we need to do, Ash? Basic stuff. Absolutely, and you just nailed it at the end where, where I was thinking a, a sort of a good wrap-up point here, James, is, and that is, you know, if, once, if you set an example for your team and for your business that the message is success and 
fulfillment can only be obtained by saying yes, which is directly connected to working hard. Let's just think about it, James. Where does this where does this saying yes to everything? It comes from a deeply held belief that I can keep working hard, I can overcome challenges by working hard, and in some cases that is true. But it's a dangerous to believe it's dangerous belief to hold in a um I guess in a comprehensive level that that's the only belief you have because that's what feeds the yes syndrome which is I, I can just keep working harder say yes I'll figure it out later you know what are they saying what's the old cliche bite off more than you can chew and chew like hell <laughs> well I mean let's debunk that a little bit is you know in small bites that might be relevant but in a big picture building a sustainable successful business that's not true yeah it's not true so um I guess as, as my, my short wrap-up, Ash, you know, for listeners, it's the challenge at the end of the day with this is it is mindset and it is deep-set changes that you're going to have to make. And I'll be upfront, listeners, this is pretty hard to solve on your own because it often is a mindset going back to those defaults uh, and a lot of brokers do struggle with this, right? So it is hard to solve on your own and it's normal to be in this position. We see it all day, every day. So the fastest way out of these issues is to have an external party who can give you that clarity, coach you through it and actually hold you accountable to making those changes. Sometimes that's the only way to making these sort of tough switches. You, know, you might not back yourself, to do it, but if you've got someone else in your corner who does back you and knows that it's going to work and trusts you and holds you accountable, you will make that switch and you'll benefit benefit from it in months and years to come. And um, you know that's what we do in our program, Ash. So, listeners, if you recognise that this is where you're at, you know you don't have to figure it out yourself, and it's tough to make the switch yourself. So, hundred percent, look into what we do. You know, get yourself a coach, get yourself a smarter plan. And get yourself, you know, somebody to hold you to that higher standard and make the changes you need to make. It's why we do what we do, James, and it's why we do what we do, listeners. And we have fun on this podcast. We have there's a bit of cheek, a bit of fun. We cover lots of interesting topics, but underneath it all, right, is we know the challenges and roadblocks that you guys are facing, and that's what we love to work at solving. It's just to be completely honest about it. So. You know, don't stay stuck in the mud, right? Put your hand up, ask for help, and go from there. 100%. You can say no. It is the path forward. Looking forward to hearing some uh, from some of you smart cookies on this. Um, hit us up on the socials, get in touch with us, and uh, let's solve this. So, Ash, great episode, a big one, a deep one. We've revisited it a few times, and we probably will again. Uh, hopefully, the more times our listeners hear this, uh, you know, eventually the penny will drop. So fun episode and who knows what's coming next week. I'm sure it'll be a good one. I'm strapping myself in, James. See you next time. <laughs> Strap in. Have a great week, listeners. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for joining this episode of Mortgage Broker Acceleration. It's now time to grow your mortgage business, your income and your lifestyle too. If you want to accelerate and learn from the best, head over to brokerworkshop.com and join the next deep dive training with James and Dash. That's www.brokerworkshop.com. Until next time, go get them.